Hello, and welcome back to the Nourish with Purpose podcast. It's Bailey, and I'm so glad you are joining me for today's episode. I'm talking all things homesteading. So this term I've been hearing pretty frequently is Pilgrim Girl Fall. And I was like, I need to talk about this because I truly feel like I am living a Pilgrim Girl Fall. And I love it because that has not always been the case. So although I'm going to be talking about homesteading on today's episode, I'm also going to share at the end of today's episode things that you can start to implement regardless of where you're living. So if you're living in a van, if you live in an apartment or a dorm and you're like, I don't even have a yard, how am I supposed to have a garden? I have got some things that you can start implementing anywhere. So they're very applicable to you. And although I'm going to dive into this and I might sound like a crunchy gal, I don't know, you know, the term crunchy where you're very, I guess I think of it as like holistic. You don't throw things away. You're, you use a lot of essential oils. You don't use toxic products all the things, I feel like I'm definitely in that sphere, maybe. I'm not super extreme. I have not lost my mind, but I am, I'm just sustainable. And I really want to share all of this with you because it truly has been maybe a year, I would say a little over a year where this has really become a passion of mine and something that I really want to get more into and learn about. And learn all of the things that my grandma just does daily, right? Like canning, having a garden, sewing, all of those, you know, traits that she had learned growing up that I feel like there was a few generations that kind of got lost. And so I hope that this just inspires you to even take like a small step towards homesteading or just being self-sufficient or not even self-sufficient, but you know, making food from scratch or trying new things or learning different skills. I hope it's just really inspiring and I'm so excited to talk to you about it today. My ketchup is mostly what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode, so I'm going to kind of brush past that, but how I am nourishing my mind, body, and spirit. How I'm nourishing my body now is I've been implementing kind of those mid-morning or mid-afternoon walks, and because a lot of my work is on social media, right, editing videos, posting videos, or reaching out to people that have maybe asked me questions or things like that. I do a lot of that while I am walking on our treadmill that we have recently gotten, and I just love having a treadmill. It is so nice to be able to go down there and walk for an hour, and you realize, like, I could be sitting at my desk scrolling or doing these different things, or I could be walking on a treadmill. And so I've been doing that and I absolutely have loved that time. How I'm nourishing my mind is actually sitting with myself in silence. And this is something I actually just talked to a client with or talked about with a client this morning is when was the last time you sat and didn't have any inputs. So you didn't have a podcast playing, didn't have any music going, weren't reading a book, weren't listening to a voice memo from a friend, weren't scrolling on social media. Like a lot of us do spend time by ourselves, but it's not time to truly be in your thoughts. And so 
I feel like I'm trying to do better. Like if I'm in the kitchen cooking, I won't turn on any music and it'll just be me with my thoughts. Although I'm not sitting doing nothing with my thoughts, I'm still not having a podcast playing in the background like I often do. And don't get me wrong, I do that plenty. But having that time with yourself to really process your emotions is really, really important for your mental health. And so I have been doing some of that and I notice I feel in general a sense of ease rather than kind of feeling stressed and anxious all the time. How I am nourishing my spirit and I feel like this is really was a highlight of my last week was I went to Omaha and met with my friend Lyndon. We recorded a podcast episode that will be released shortly but When I am with her, we went for a walk after we recorded the podcast. She asks such intentional questions, and I feel like we're really able to open up the conversation around all things, religion, um, our mental health, our physical health, like that's all so intertwined. And, you know, I, I share a lot about how intertwined it is as a coach too, but it's also intertwined that when I'm with her, she asks intentional questions like, what are you proud of yourself for? Or what are you unlearning in this season of life? And it makes me think and it makes me use my brain. And it's not just like superficial conversation. And those conversations are the absolute best. And I think that was so nourishing to be able to have even like those tough conversations or to really like talk through things I'm struggling with with her and have that mutual conversation was just so absolutely nourishing. Before I dive into the bulk of today's episode, I do just want to ask if you are enjoying this podcast that you would share it with a friend, or if you haven't yet, leave a five-star rating and or review on either Apple Podcast or Spotify. That helps me out so much, and it absolutely makes my day when I see that there's a new five-star rating or there is a new review. I love the feedback that you give me, and it's yeah, just absolutely encouraging. And so if you could do that, it would mean so much to me. If you are listening to this podcast and you decide to share it on your story on Instagram or Facebook, be sure to tag me because that gives you a bonus entry into the wellness bundle giveaway. And that is something I'm drawing for at the end of the year. So if you leave a rating or review or post on your story, you get an entry. And then the more you do that, the more additional entries you get. So I'm excited for that giveaway drawing, but you've still got a few months. I'll give that to you. But also if you do it now, you don't have to think about it later. So just wanted to put that out there, but let's get into what I would call Pilgrim Girl Fall. And I was listening to the That's What We Said podcast with JC and Chelsea. I don't know if you listened to that one, but they were talking a lot on the last episode about having a Pilgrim Girl Fall. And it was funny because they're like, we're not in any geographic like location to really be having a Pilgrim Girl Fall. They live in, I believe, like Orange County, California. So not really the Pilgrim Girl Fall type of atmosphere, but they've been noticing and I've noticed this too. And it could be because this is the space of the internet I'm on. But a lot of people are wanting to be more sustainable. They're wanting to live on a farm and raise their kids in the country. They're wanting to make food from scratch. They're wanting to thrift clothing rather than buying everything brand new. Um, I see a lot of people wearing like flowy dresses, flowy skirts and boots. Like they're really trying to embody the pilgrim. 
And this is absolutely no comparison to being an actual pilgrim because luckily we have modern conveniences like running water. We have conveniences like the grocery store or cars. Like, trust me, we are not famished. We are not hunting, physically hunting our food. We are not walking everywhere because we don't have cars. We are not living in darkness and by candlelight because we have electricity. Like, this is absolutely not even really a comparison. But I thought that the term was hilarious and I wanted to then use that term to kind of talk about how we have been living on our farm. So a little backstory about me is my husband and I lived in Omaha once we got married for a couple years and then this May, we bought our house, I guess in January, the people who had previously been living here lived in it until end of April and then we moved in around June, May or June after we had done some renovations but we're living in a 1920s farmhouse. It's kind of craftsman style I would say. We've got like the thick baseboard, original hardwood floors, there is limited overhead lighting and we live on three and a half acres. So we have a chicken coop, we have a couple chicken huts now, we have a horse barn, And it's really just a space that has been so refreshing. And the reason this also kind of came to me that I should talk about this today is I was going out for my morning run and the sun was just rising. And I'm like, this is absolutely what I have dreamt of since I was a kid. It's like to live in this place. So I took a video and you'll probably see it in the future on either Instagram or Facebook. But I took a video and I'm like, this is just like, the vision I would have had for my life when I was, I don't know, 12, is exactly what's playing out in front of me. And that is like the most crazy experience because marrying somebody who is from Omaha, I really didn't know if living on a farm would be possible, right? Like his job, he works from home most days. I work from home most days. So it was just like an absolute blessing that we were able to move outside of Omaha and like a a couple hours outside of Omaha, an hour and a half, and live on a farm that ends up being two miles from my parents' house. Like, it's a very surreal experience, and I don't take it for granted, but I just wanted to, yeah, like, touch on what homesteading is because that's something I feel like I'm getting into. I'm by no means, like, all sustainable everything, don't buy anything from the grocery store type of gal, although, like, I do admire people and I, this is a total goal of mine, but like their basement, they've got all those racks with like all these canned fruits and vegetables or dried fruits and vegetables that they've raised from their garden. And that is so encouraging to me, but this is my first year. And so I'm hoping maybe I'll do this yearly and share, you know, a different perspective every time, but okay, back into kind of our story, but we moved from Omaha. I would say if you asked me, two years ago, like about homesteading. I would have been like, that's for hippies. That's for people that only homeschool their kids. No diss on that. But you know, it's it's just that different type of people. Like that's not me. I didn't get raised like that. And this all started when I started talking to my friend, Emily. And so if you, I don't know, she probably doesn't know I'm going to shout her out on this episode, but she was like the crucial part in me getting on this train because I, would, I worked with her at um, St. Elizabeth's Hospital, 
and neither of us work there anymore. But we lived there or worked there for a period of time when she was living here. Eventually they moved. I think it was, I don't know when it was exactly, but she taught me so much and like really jump-started my urge to garden, to can my own food, to start buying products that were really high quality. And all of that aligned, the mission of homesteading all, all aligned so perfectly with what I preach and practice as a health coach, right? As a holistic health coach. Um, we practice having whole foods, nutrient-dense foods, having a low-tox household, living in a way that is sustainable because, you know, that is all benefiting your health. And that's where this ties into, the, you know, this podcast is everything I do, although it has very quickly become my most absolute favorite hobbies, I say hobbies because there's a, a lot of different things that I'm doing right now, but I have fallen in love with this and that in return has also benefited my health. So like I've seen like no negative effects from what I'm doing right now, only positives. And I think that is something that's pretty special and pretty unique to starting this type of journey, I guess is what I would call it. Um, so I want to talk to, just give a description of what homesteading is for the people that are like, Okay, yeah, you've said that word a lot, but what is that? So homesteading, if you look it up on Google, it's going to say that it is a lifestyle of self-sufficiency. However, I will say I've learned that you can only get so far by being self-sufficient before you do need to depend on others or ask for help. With our home, we have neighbors, I mean, probably 50 feet from our house, which is really unique to living in the country. Usually houses aren't that close together. A unique situation at first we were kind of like eh, like do we really want to live in the country but still live so close to other people we didn't really know how to feel about it and it has honestly been a huge blessing it's nice to know that somebody is right there if you need something they are the kindest people this is kind of a side note but she has an apple tree she invited me or told me like i could go pick as many apples as i want so i made an apple crisp i made applesauce with them but also she brought over a watermelon. I've brought them over bread. Although we don't interact obviously every single day or every single week, having people right there is really nice and it's convenient. And that's where I've learned even with my family too. My grandma has been a huge part in me learning how to can, how to preserve fruits and vegetables, how to make things from scratch. You have to depend on other people along this journey. You cannot just be self-sufficient and think you need to do everything because I think that's when you're going to get overwhelmed. So when I first looked into homesteading and learned what it was, I'm like, okay, I need a garden. I want to buy a, a horse. I want to have goats for, I don't even know. Why would I need goats? They're cute, I guess. I want a cow. I want 40 chickens so I can have all these eggs. I want to raise my own broilers, which are the types of chickens you would butcher for meat. Um, all of these things that I wanted to start doing within the first year. And I'm like, okay, I actually looked at Emily's, she made a YouTube video and she was talking about like, if you think you have to do everything on your own, you're easily going to get overwhelmed. And that could not be more true. Like, why not support your neighbor rather than thinking you need to do everything yourself because you're not creating community when you do that and you're not making a healthful community or opening yourself up to other people offering help or offering you things 
right? My neighbor offering me to go pick apples on her tree or bringing me a watermelon. Like those are things that if you were so closed off and so self-sufficient, you would not have access to. And I think that creates a pretty lonely life. So I really think we are meant to have a community and not be 100% self-sufficient, right? I, as badly as I want bees, I am not going to have bees probably for the next couple of years because that's just not the stage that our farm is in. And although, yes, like it kills me to go buy raw honey for $22 when I go to natural grocers, I know it's local honey and I'm also supporting another farmer, right? That is somebody else's livelihood. So why wouldn't I support them? The second that I get bees, I'm not supporting somebody else, not saying I won't get them eventually, but It's okay to spend a little bit more money, in my opinion, if you know you are supporting somebody else. Same with getting raw milk or raw dairy products. Having a cow to milk every single day, a couple times a day, is a lot of work and not something that I truly feel like I could ever undertake. So I will go buy raw dairy from somebody else or buy just those products that you can't do at all. So choose what you love to do, what you want to do and pursue that and then support other people where and when you can. Another example of this is too, is with us renovating our house, I really wanted to buy a table that was not brand new. I wanted it to be old. We also have an original front door that came when the house was built. It's absolutely beautiful, but I, I mean, there was three layers, I believe, of thick paint, and I know nothing about refinishing a table or refinishing a door, so I kind of asked my friend Danny if she would either help me or do it for me and I would pay her to do it because she loves it. She knows what she's doing. And so, of course, like I'm going to pay somebody else for a service that they can offer because that's their thing, right? People buy bread from me because that's kind of my thing and they want bread. So they do pay me to make them bread. It's kind of that, not even an exchange. I do like to exchange things when possible rather than like, paying for things like let's just do a swap but sometimes obviously like a loaf of bread is nothing in comparison to refinishing a front door and so paying people for services that you can't do is sometimes what you have to do as well so I wanted to get that out there um just knowing like I don't talk about homesteading and think it has to be 100% self-sufficiency I do believe you need friends and family too and neighbors to help you out along the way so Kind of getting back to my story, Emily was a huge influence on me getting into homesteading and I truly love it so much because I get to use my hands daily, make fresh food for my family and experiment, right? So everything I make is by no means perfect and it doesn't look perfect, it doesn't always taste perfect, but it allows me to try and if it doesn't work, I have to figure it out. Right, if I make a loaf of sourdough and it's raising kind of funky or it's not raising at all, like what didn't I do? Oh, I didn't do the stretching stretches and folds, which I'm gonna do a whole episode on sourdough. But you know, it's things like that where you realize, oh, what didn't I do and why is this kind of a fail? Then you have to try again. Or even me, you know, raising my own garden or raising my own produce for my garden. This is my first year ever. And although yes, I loved it and my garden truly flourished for the most part. I didn't know anything about canning fruits or vegetables on my own and a lot of things I tried, like I tried a relish recipe with my cucumbers because I was getting so sick and tired of having so many of them 
and it was absolutely repulsive. Like I threw it all in the trash can with the glass, which I rarely throw away glass, but it was so gross. I didn't even want to touch it. Didn't want to smell it. Disgusting. And that was a fail. And it's like, okay, well then I know next year what I'm going to do differently. And I want to get into that too, when I talk about what we do on our farm specifically, because we're doing a lot of different things. And like I said, I don't share a lot about this, but it is a huge part of who I am. And I think who I'm kind of like maybe turning into, I don't, I, well, okay. Nathan, my husband would say I've changed. I asked him one day, I'm like, is that like a positive change or is it a bad change? He's like, no, you're just different than when we got married. And I would have to agree. I think friends have told me that too. Like I am just different. And I personally don't think it's in a bad or a I mean, I don't think it's in a bad way. Maybe other people would beg to differ, but it's in a way where I feel like I'm much more in tune with who I truly want to be. Like I'm I'm not the friend that's going to go out and party every weekend and be a ton of fun to be around. Like if you're celebrating a birthday, yeah, like I'll go out with you. And I think this is the hard part with my, maybe my identity now too, is like, I just don't truly enjoy that environment anymore. And when I was younger, not even younger, but maybe even a few years ago or living in Omaha, like going out with friends, like that was a highlight for me. And right now it's just not something that I do. And although like, yes, I love being around my friends and I love being included and invited to those things, it just doesn't really feel like it aligns with my personality anymore. And I think like who I am now is truly who I was created to be in this season, but it's a lot different than who I was in college. My personality has definitely changed. I feel like I am obviously much more... I don't know. I don't know how to really explain how I am now. I just am different. I like to spend time in the kitchen. I like to bake things from scratch. I like to be at home in my house. I like to have conversations with people, deep conversations and not just superficial conversations. I like to spend one-on-one time with people rather than be in large groups. Like it's just different. And, you know, I've had a hard time really pinpointing what it is that's so different but I also know a big part of that has to do with my interests they've absolutely changed and what I'm about to share with you you'll realize like if you knew me at all before I moved to our house or you knew me in college like I really am a much different person and I think that's kind of fun because we are all changing during different seasons and so to get into what I'm doing right now and what we're doing here. So I'm going to go through, there's a list of, let me see, seven different things we're doing right now on our farm and what I love to do that I would say kind of fit within that Pilgrim Fall description. So right now, and not even right now, but we started that this summer, is raising our own food and preserving the things when we can. If there's one thing I learned from gardening, it's that it is so much work that you don't want a single thing that you grow to go to waste. You want either somebody to take it, you want to preserve it, you want to freeze it. You just don't want it to go in the trash can. And again, this fits so perfectly within what I preach with coaching, right? As an anti-inflammatory focused coach is quality food and being able to raise your own quality food is such a unique experience. But I also learned a lot from it. So this year in our garden, I grew broccoli, carrots, 
and zucchini and tomatoes. And those four, I would say, were a fail. And some of it was in my control, some of it wasn't. The broccoli was funky, it smelled disgusting. The carrots I grew too close together and didn't thin out. The zucchini and the tomatoes, once the farmer that has the field right next to my garden sprayed, they all just like shriveled up and died and got really rotten and disgusting. Those are things I learned, okay, I need to move my garden. I need to thin out my carrots. Things that like you don't learn unless you physically do it for yourself, right? Like my, I refer back to Emily, but she, I had so many questions about a garden and she helped me out so much. And I also follow Jill from the Whispering Willow Farm. Her name is Jill Raggin and she's a YouTube channel. She also has an Instagram and it's so informative and so educational, but if I didn't physically do these things myself, I would have never truly learned. And so those are things I will be switching around this next year. I also grew peas, green beans, eggplants, banana peppers, jalapeno peppers, green peppers, cucumbers, and watermelon, which was also a fail. I decided that's probably not something I'm going to do again. But next year, after learning all of this, I learned what I didn't grow and that I wish I would have had. And so this next year, I hope to grow cucumbers, carrots, onions, potatoes, sweet potatoes, beans, green beans, heirloom and Roma tomatoes, garlic, jalapenos, green peppers, strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries. And with that, I have also learned, obviously, I need to move my garden so it's not as close to the fields that will be getting sprayed, and I'm going to do a different little setup. I'm going to do raised beds this next year rather than having them in the ground, all my fruits and vegetables, mostly because I've truly never seen weeds like I have at our on our yard. A lot of our yard was pasture or even our lawn is not lawn, it's weeds mowed down, and getting those gosh they're like snake weeds they're terrible and I'm not going to talk about them for that long but it's awful and I know I could have done so much better taking care of my garden this year but end of July it completely overgrew and looked embarrassing and so I'm going to try raised beds and hopefully and I haven't can I don't know if I've convinced my dad yet but this winter he's a farmer he might have a little extra time so I want to make a little garden hut and have that out kind of in my garden and have it gated. And so a lot of different projects I want to try to implement this next spring. Obviously, I'm going to take things gradually, but that is what I'm hoping to do with my garden. And with all of this produce, it's important to me that I am preserving it, right? I said I didn't want anything to go to waste, and so I depended on my grandma a lot to help me with this. And so this year we canned together green beans, pasta sauce, and diced tomatoes. My grandma also does a lot of canning on her own, so she has also given me beets, pickled beets, some relish, and some pickles that I also have downstairs in our canned fruits and vegetable storage. She's also given me jams. Um, but I also flash froze, which means you cut up the fresh vegetables you put them in a pot of boiling water for about four minutes and then you take them out you tap them dry with a paper towel and then you freeze them so that is supposed to really like pack in the nutrients of that vegetable rather than just cutting it up and freezing it they also just last a lot better in the freezer and so i did eggplant zucchini diced peppers and peas 
And then because I don't have a hot water bath canner, and a lot of these things I'm kind of like brushing over. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, I promise I'm going to go into another episode, hopefully have on Emily and see if she'd be willing to talk to you guys about canning and about sourdough because she is much more master of that than me. But because I don't have a hot water bath canner, I also canned things that they sealed. So meaning like the lid kind of popped if you've ever done that before. You know, you've got your glass jar, you have that lid that you put on and then you twist it. You twist it with another, I don't know, it's like a round what do you call it? I'm not sure, quite sure what the terminology is, but anyway, it popped. And so that means it did seal, but it didn't seal well enough that I felt comfortable putting it downstairs with the other like properly canned things. So I put them in the fridge and I did applesauce from the apples I got from my neighbor, pickles. I did dill pickles and sweet pickles. I also did cowboy candy, which is some candied jalapenos and banana peppers that was something new I've done I also did some mulberry jam one thing I've learned is if you're in the midwest if you live in Nebraska there are berries that you can go out and pick and they are free right they grow on the side of the road mulberries is one of them you can also get elderberries that's another one sometimes you can find plums or crab apples some people make jam with all of those different berries if you are truly looking for a free way to get some berries look in the road ditches because you'll probably find some in june to july we also number two on my list is we have an herb garden and this is nothing very specific but i have basil in its own little pot i also have summer savory this year i had parsley but it kind of died and did something funky i also um have some chives and so those are different herbs that i grew just around the house number three is i make my own bread and so i started learning how to bake sourdough over a year ago it's something i swore i would never do and i insisted on just buying it for the longest time because it is a lot of work but i share about this a lot but it's taught me so much patience it's taught me that having good quality bread is such a blessing and when you can make it yourself and you're not depending on somebody else to make it for you i don't know it's just a rewarding process and sharing it with other people has been so fun i talked about how i made sourdough cinnamon rolls i make sourdough pizza crusts i do that traditional sourdough loaf i've also done a cheddar jalapeno loaf or a cinnamon and sugar loaf I've done tortillas before, and I really want to try doing pasta, but sourdough is an art. It really is, and it takes time. It takes effort, but once you figure it out and it finally makes sense for you, it is so enjoyable, so that's something I am continued to love to do and something I started when I was not living here. I was living in Omaha in an apartment, and I was making sourdough, and so that's something you could do now. If you live in a place you're like, I can't do all of these gardening, I can't have herbs, whatever. You could probably start sourdough or something else that you that would inspire you, right? To be maybe in the kitchen a little bit more, maybe making more food from scratch. Sourdough is a big undertaking, not saying it needs to be that, but I would encourage you to find what it is you do want to learn and maybe start slowly and gradually first learning about it and then actually practicing it. 
Number four is we do make a majority of our food from scratch. And so I would say, and I just saw a TikTok on this and it made me laugh because this is probably the household that I would have dreaded having as a kid, but we have now, but I would call it an ingredient household. So we have all the ingredients to make food, but we don't have a lot of like pre-packaged foods or snacks that you can easily grab and go because most of our meals are, again, made from scratch. I make our coffee syrups from scratch or we use maple syrup as coffee syrup um, as well, but that's kind of beside the point. But what I do is I just started viewing cooking as something that is, it allows me to be creative. It's something I enjoy. It's something I love sharing with other people. And I feel like that all really started when I wanted to pay more attention to the quality of food I was eating and consuming. I mean, if you look in our freezer, you'll find frozen vegetables and that's about it. A couple things of dairy-free ice cream, some garlic, not garlic, some ginger. Like it really is pretty bare. Like we don't have a lot of frozen or processed foods in our house. And I do really like that. Although when you're like hungry and want something convenient, it takes a little bit more effort to make a meal, but it also teaches you that it's okay to slow down and live a slower paced lifestyle. And I don't want you to think that that means you need to be less productive because if you ask my mom, she would probably tell you I am too on the go and it probably stresses her out because she's mentioned that before. The thing is about me, I am doing things all the time and it's something I can't even say I'm working on because I'm not. Like I do love to be busy, but it's all things that I really, really enjoy. And I've realized that when you do things like baking sourdough, canning vegetables, making your own food from scratch, that time is not wasted because you are benefiting your health and your family's health or your friends' health by you caring about what you're putting into your body and that prevents you from health issues in the future, right? So it's not time that I view as wasted, but it's time I view as being creative, being original, being an inspiration to other people, being inspired by other people. You know, I'm inspired by others too to try new recipes. And that is something that it take it has taken me a long time to truly enjoy. But the more I've dove into caring about the quality of my food, the more I've realized that making food from scratch is really the only way you're able to 100% confirm that that food and that product is nourishing your body in the way that your body wants to be nourished, right? And I'm not going to get too much into this today either, but that nutrient density is a term I use often. And you're able to get that from whole foods, right? Fruits, vegetables, really quality starchy carbs, beans, natural sugars, olive oils, ghee, beef tallow, like all of those different products, they come from a source and you know where that product is coming from. It's not something that you can't pronounce. There's nothing in it that's funky or artificial, but it is a high quality whole food source that is so nourishing for your body and it takes a little bit of extra work, but I've learned that that is absolutely worth it. Okay, number five is we raise our own chickens and I'm first going to talk about the broilers that we raise. So we raise broilers, which are the types of chickens that you would butcher for meat. 
Okay, so we raise them for six weeks and then we butcher them. And this, we've already done a round where we butchered our own chickens and sold the meat. We've actually done two rounds of that. Um, we have started our next batch of chickens and we have 60 on our farm. We got them after three weeks. And so I have to say, we did not raise them from when they were little baby chicks to now. My cousins actually did that. But we got 60 chickens, they have about 60 chickens, and then in three weeks, we will actually butcher them. We do sell that meat. So these chickens, we did this because it was part of a grant that we received, and they had asked us to do it, and I thought it would be a great thing to take on because who doesn't want high-quality meat? And so we have butchered them, and these chickens are so high-quality, they are super big and delicious and if you're a vegetarian or vegan i'm so sorry but really there is nothing quite like raising your own protein source and for us that is chickens and it's actually probably a more affordable thing to do than even raising beef and so what we do is we've we've started that we also have laying hens so there's a difference between a broiler and a laying hen laying hens just lay eggs you could butcher them, but they're just not very meaty, right? They're not, they're kind of more fatty, right? They're supposed to lay eggs. That's their role. Whereas broilers, their role is to get really fat so you can butcher them and have them for protein. And that is something I love. I love my chickens. I adore them. I tell Nathan all the time, I wish I had 5,000 of them. Like, let's raise these suckers in bulk because. I just think it's so fun to have something you take care of and without having kids, like we have a dog, yes, and we take care of her and we love her, but having something outside that requires you to work a little bit harder, it's something I never, ever thought I would do. Like butchering your own chicken, like that is some pilgrim stuff, right? Like that's not anything I ever thought I would do, truthfully, but you force yourself to do it and you realize you can do it and you realize like, Maybe all of these things that you tell yourself that you could never do are just limiting you. And it forces you to kind of like toughen up and just do it and put your head down and work. And I love to work hard. And so having things outside of the home to take care of is really fun for me. Next, we, number seven, we focus on having a holistic home. And there's an episode coming out in the future about all about a holistic home with Emma from the home place on Instagram. But for us, having a holistic home means using cleaning products that are natural. So I use Thieves from Young Living. That is the only cleaner I use. What's so cool about it is when I'm in the kitchen cooking, I can spray it around my food. Obviously not on my food. I mean, I could and it would be fine, but that's kind of gross. I But if I'm like cleaning up a mess in the kitchen, I can spray it around my food and not worry that like the drift of it is going to put chemicals on my food that I don't want there. So I love that cleaner. It also doesn't make my eyes water, doesn't make my throat burn. Like it is a high quality cleaner. It's not necessarily so disinfectant, um, you know, like a Clorox would be, but it's a vinegar solution with essential oils and it smells delicious and it's low tox, right? And that is my ultimate goal. Our house is also one that you won't find a Bath and Body Works candle burning in. I use soy or beeswax candles. And I do that because I just don't want all of that artificial scent to be in the air of our home because air purity is a big thing. And when you live in the country, you are blessed with not having smog, not having exhaust, 
none of that funky smells. Like I walked out this morning and it smelled so crisp and I don't know if a crisp is a smell, I guess, but the farmers are harvesting in the fields. And so it truly is like the most nice and refreshing and clean smell outside right now. And I love that part about living in the Midwest in fall. Like it smells so good outside and the weather is still so nice here, but we are blessed with not having low air quality outside. So inside, I try to make sure that our air quality is also really high. And so rather we use like the Sawyer beeswax candles like I've talked about or an essential oil diffuser. I also have incense that I will sometimes light as well. Things that I know don't have any toxic chemicals that are going into the air that we're then breathing in. For moisturizer, this is going to sound so far-fetched and this maybe really is getting into that pilgrim spirit, but I use beef tallow. If you don't know what beef tallow is, it's the fat from a, a cow, right? When it's being processed for meat. And I know a lot of people are going to think, oh my gosh, that's like absolutely disgusting. And this is the first week I'm trying it, but you guys, like my, my skin is actually glowing and it has never felt this moisturized. And I just got my beef tallow from Natural Grocers because that's, I could have ordered it off Etsy or online. You can definitely do that. And it's like whipped. So it looks more like a facial product. Mine is, I stored in the fridge. It literally just says beef tallow. It needs to be refrigerated, but I love it. And that is something my, I have seen people do in the past. And I'm like, that is disgusting. Like you're literally putting fat on your face. Like how is that good for your skin? How do you not just break out? And I have not looked into the depths of it, but I have seen so many people that are really have a lot of acne. They use beef tallow and it's gone within like two weeks. And so I'm banking on the beef tallow to do its magic. I am loving it so far. But again, that's not a product that I'm putting on my skin that contains a lot of chemicals that I can't pronounce or don't know what they are. It's just beef tallow, one ingredient. And that's what I love when it comes to food, when it comes to household products. The less ingredients in my eyes, the better. I also use glass jars to store my food so we don't use plastic. And I quite literally keep every glass jar that I get, which it's to the point it's an extreme. Like I need to stop because it's just getting to the point of being a hoarder. And that is not what I like. Like I don't like clutter, but I also hate throwing away glass when I know like if I made this, I could store it in that. So I want to keep it. But our kitchen right now, we're in the process of renovating anyway. It's an absolute disaster. So I'm like, why not just kind of add to this disaster? All of our cupboards are off. So you can see everything in my kitchen full exposure. And I'm fine with it. Like by the end of November, hopefully our kitchen is almost finished or at least starting to see some progress. But right now I'm just embracing it. It is what it is, right? Those are things that you learn too when you live on a farm. We live outside of any major city. So like getting people out here takes a little bit of time, right? People don't drop everything just to come help you, which they shouldn't. Like they have got other customers too, but you just got to have like you kind of have to learn patience. Although, yes, I would say when we moved in, it was like, we need to get this, 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 and this done. And we kind of had an agenda. We're learning kind of, I feel like, at least for I, myself, I'm learning just kind of sit in these moments where there's all these things that need to be done because more things getting done means more money that we're paying to get it done. And right now, I really feel fine with where our house is at. Is it perfect by any means? No, 
but I've, I love it and it's a comfortable space for me and I know eventually everything will get done. So I'm not trying to rush it at all. And that's kind of what you learn too when you live outside of a city is like you can't expect things to be done in the blink of an eye because that's just not how things work or even just remodeling a house in general. It takes a lot of time, especially if you're not building from scratch, but you're renovating a house that's already been here for a hundred years. Things just have to be done in a different way or just take a little bit of extra time and that's fine, right? Another thing we do with cooking is we use cast iron pans to cook. So cast iron, different than nonstick, doesn't release any chemicals into your food. Nonstick, if it it gets scratched, it can release PFAS. I believe that's how you would would say that, but um, which then can put chemicals into your food that make up that nonstick coating. So we use cast iron. And this is where I also want to say utilize things that are free to you because this cast iron, my husband works for a company and he gets points based off of performance. I don't know. It's so you can go to a shop and then buy different products. It's kind of like a reward system, I suppose. But cast iron pots and pans were on there. And these are a wonderful brand. And we got a set of five different cast iron dishes, all different. And I have loved getting used to using cast iron. It does take a little bit of time, but the food doesn't taste funky. And I know that it is a high quality product. And that, as you can kind of tell from this episode, is a priority for me. We also, lastly, we use a Berkey water filter. And this is something that was an investment But what it does is it removes any metals, any pesticides or herbicides or anything that you don't want in your tap water. It removes that and filters it out. So we bought this when we moved onto our acreage because we live in a rural area. We have a lot of farmers around us. They have to do what they have to do, right? I'm not anti using chemicals on your fields, right? Because, you know, they're raising in mass quantities. That's not something that I can control or whatever try, but I can control on my end the type of water that we're consuming. And so we use the Berkey water filter as our water source when it comes to using like drinking water or cleaning our fruits or vegetables. That is what I use just because I know it's clean. I know it's been filtered. I know that there's nothing funky in my water. So if you're listening to this and you're like, holy cow, she's absolutely lost her mind. She's never shared this side of herself and I don't know if I ever want to see it again. I hope that's not what you think. I hope you don't think I'm insane. I hope you're just maybe inspired to try something different or maybe kind of change your view of how you're doing things. By no means would I say I'm doing everything perfectly and that I know exactly what I'm doing all the time because I definitely don't. But what I will say is that through this process of learning more about the type of household I want to have. I want to have a holistic home. That means I use high quality cleaning products. Well, one cleaning product. That means I don't burn any candles that have funky smells or are cheap. It means we utilize red light therapy and we put our phones on airplane mode, which we just started doing when we sleep. Like All of these little quirky things that I've started to do did not all happen from day one right? And I've not lost my mind. I'm still very much like I'm not anti living like in a regular society. I will not homeschool my kids or anything like that one day. But 
what I do is I just care about every product that I bring into my home and I also care about the products that we're consuming in my home and I hope that's like a big takeaway for you in this episode and if you are also listening like heck there's no way I'm ever doing this I can't do that because I live in an apartment I live in the city I want to talk to you and give you those tangible points that make this something attainable for you if you're listening and you're like I want to do something a little bit more like that. I don't want to just buy all my foods from a grocery store. I want to get local food. If that's a priority for you, I want to kind of dive into those things. So if this is something that interests you, this is what you can do. So I want you to think about asking a farmer near you. So we have whole chickens that we sell, and I'd be more than happy to sell them to you. If you want like a whole farm-raised chicken, they're raised outside clean facility they're not given any antibiotics anything funky they're just giving food and water and they're taken care of twice a day if you want chickens that are raised like that in a humane way clean way we sell chickens we also have eggs we i make homemade sourdough bread or ask somebody near you right go to a farmer's market and ask them like hey do you sell outside of just the farmer's markets like maybe you could get into a system of regularly picking up whatever product it is that they sell or they create Um, like I had said too with the the raw honey I went to natural grocers to get this stuff but typically I would prefer to get it at a farmer's market and actually talk to the farmer that you know processed the honey you can also see if anybody is willing with a garden is willing to share with you so at the end of a gardening season even in July I would say most people with a garden are so over picking weeds they're so over taking care of it daily that they would be willing to give you things for free you just kind of have to ask around and you know do you have any extra tomatoes my cousin luckily gave me tomatoes so i was able to do pasta sauce and do diced tomatoes this year because ours were kind of crappy like things like that just ask around or if people are offering produce don't turn it down just to be I don't know, self-sufficient, right? To think, oh, I'll just go to the grocery store and buy it. It's fine. No, like actually take things that people offer to you because it's probably because they have a surplus and they want to give it away. Um, And so two with this is preserving those fruits or vegetables. I talked about with my garden is I didn't want anything to go to waste because it's so much work. Same with when people give you things, like actually utilize those products and maybe preserve them for the winter or freeze them or invite friends over and have a feast and eat all of this good farm fresh food use that food in a way that is nourishing for your body mind and spirit and i really think you're going to notice a huge benefit from that which is a really cool shift i like to see kind of in society too these days you can also use what you have so if you get creative i think you'll really start to realize that you don't actually need to go out and buy products or more of what you want but rather you can use what you have and make it work. Sometimes you're like, I need to go out and buy this, this, and this. But then when you actually think about it, it's like, but where can I kind of cut those corners? And instead of throwing away all my glass jars and then bulk ordering on Amazon a bunch of glass jars because you need food storage, save your glass jars. And then maybe you don't have to bulk order any glass jars on Amazon. Things like that. I especially notice this in the kitchen is there are so many ways you can cut corners without having to spend a lot of money and still have a holistic, sustainable household, a clean household, without needing to buy the brand new products. 
I also, and this is the biggest thing, so I, you better be sticking around for this, is take it gradually. So when we lived in Omaha in an apartment, I still did some of these things, right? Not all of them. I didn't raise chickens or anything like that. I did start a garden from seed from February to May before I planted it here at our house. I also had herbs growing. I still used glassware to reheat my food. And I really think you'll be surprised with how much you can do without needing to have a whole farm, right? I think maybe... And I would like to think maybe the American dream is kind of shifting a little bit where people just want to kind of live on a farm, be more sustainable, really value their family time, really value having a garden and raising their own food. I think that is something I'm seeing a shift and maybe I'm crazy. I would love to know if you're also noticing that, but I think you'll be surprised what you can still do in an apartment before maybe you live in the country or you have your own home. I will link my recipe guide below in the show notes of this episode. By no means you have to buy it, but it is one kind of that first step I took when I decided I wanted to cook food from home and more food from home. That is, those are the recipes that I started with. And from there, I've just evolved. And I think it'd be fun to do another recipe book because things have changed a little bit around here, but Nonetheless, that was my first step, and so I'll link that below if you're interested in checking it out. Just a final way to wrap this all into a bow is you do not need to do everything on your own. You can ask for help, and it's okay if this all takes time. So regardless of where you are in life, I'm not saying these things to brag about the lifestyle I live. To some people, this would be nothing they would ever want to do in their wildest dreams. To others, it's their ultimate dream. And I mean, truthfully, and I'd mentioned this before, this is kind of my ultimate dream. Like I went through a stage where I wanted nothing to do with living on a farm and I thought maybe I could see myself living in a city forever. And I definitely, well, I do know that has changed obviously, but it truly is taught me, it has taught me a lot and it's been such a joy to be able to experience life here and to have a husband that is willing to help with all of my crazy dreams and goals and desires that I know I got so blessed in that department because I feel like almost every day it's something else that I'd like to try. But what he's done a really good job of is pacing me because taking care of the inside of a home, yes, that is work. Creating food or making food from scratch is work, but outside wanting to have chickens, wanting to have a cow, wanting to have bees, wanting to have a big garden, wanting to have a floral farm. Like, I mean, I truly could go on forever and I want to do it all. But what he's done is made me think in phases like, well, this year it was really just understanding what the heck this all consisted of. Like everything, the seven things I listed, all lessons I learned, so many lessons in each one that I've learned since moving here in May. But I know this next year, I want to have a garden that looks a little bit differently. I want to have raised beds because the weeds were insane and I hope that makes things a little bit easier. I want to raise different produce and I know the next year we might be moving our house back a little bit further on our property and where our house is right now. I would like to move my garden there and do florals, have rows of flowers and then get bees that year. Like it's all phased out. And so I shared a lot of things that we're doing and we are doing a lot of things, but from here, I just hope to continue to grow and continue to have a 
sustainable, holistic homestead that is inviting, that makes people want to come and spend time with me, that I'm able to invite people into my home, that inspires other people to make even the smallest, most mild changes in their own lives. And I think that's ultimately my goal. So don't be intimidated by this episode if you are leaving like, oh my gosh, she's out of her mind. I hope you don't think that. And I I think people that want to homestead kind of get a bad rap. And maybe I say that because I am kind of one of them. But really, it is ultimately just trying to make the most of what the earth has given you and what God has given you and using that to the best of your ability. And I really think this whole episode could have been summed up in that is we are using what God has given us. We are using things from the earth or animals he has created to sustain our lifestyle. And that is just something I'm continuing to learn more and more lessons on every day. And I'm continuing to learn from the people around me. And I hope you learned a little bit from this episode too. So let's go ahead and close this out in prayer. So dear Lord, I just ask as always that that whoever is listening to this podcast, that they leave feeling inspired, encouraged, and motivated, not leaving overwhelmed, confused, or frustrated, that they are able to take what I've shared from this podcast and digestibly process what it is from this episode that they maybe want to start implementing into their own lives. Maybe one way they can make their their home more holistic or one way they can step outside of their comfort zone and do something that kind of scares them. And I just ask for their protection over them as they do that and that they feel guided and supported in what they're doing from not only the people around them, but by you and that you're able to really just show them maybe a side to themselves that they didn't know was there and that they want to tap into and get more clarity on and that they just have confidence in themselves to do that and to take that step and get uncomfortable. Lord, I just ask that you would continue to be with us in this season of fall and as the weather's changing and farmers are out in the fields, keep them safe, protect them and protect everyone around them in that people traveling have just safety on their journey and that Throughout each season, we find joy in the little things happening around us and the big things and that we take every season as a chance to learn and evolve and get comfortable in our life and just enjoy the present moment rather than always striving for what's next and that we're able to take things step by step rather than in a sprint that I myself learn the patience that comes with this lifestyle and that I continue to just share you and really help others along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So if you are interested in following along with my life outside of the podcast, you can find me at Bailey with two Y's, CN with two N's on Instagram and Facebook. I also have a website, findyourdivinepurpose.com, where we can get connected to talk about coaching if that's something you're interested in. But please, if you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about more of what I'm doing, my hobbies, my interests, my passions, and learn more about what yours are too. All right, so I will talk to you next Wednesday. 